If you were a fly on the wall of our house, you wouldn't have to wait long to hear someone cry foul. <laughs> That's not fair. I only got one cookie, but he got two. She's not helping me with the dishes. It's my turn. It's not right. This sense of fairness is hardwired into our children. What am I talking about? It's hardwired into all of us. How easy it is for any one of us to feel slighted or wronged, to feel overlooked, like my accomplishments are being ignored. My skills aren't being considered here. It's not right. That's not fair. At one level, this sense of fairness is a good thing, a, a very good thing. It's part of our hope that Jesus will one day come to, to be our judge, to bring justice, to, to put things to right. For if God is not a God of justice, well, then our whole world is in trouble. And since God is for justice, then by extension, so should we. That's why we love to quote verses like Micah 6.8 to make the point. You've heard this. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice? Or from the prophet Isaiah. Is this not the fast the Lord wants from us? To loose the bonds of injustice? And so yes, as followers of Jesus, we should be about making things right. This is all well and good. But what we need to also realize is that this doing justice business is also fraught with danger. And it's fraught with danger because, ironically, it can take our eyes off of doing good for other people. When we cry foul, when we make something about what we deserve, what we are entitled to, what, what we have earned... Well, that's when harm can be done to another person, all in the name of justice. You see, our sense of justice, our sense of fairness can too often become a barrier to showing love and mercy to others. And that is a problem. That is not the way of the kingdom. Have you ever thought about that? That in doing justice, you could fail to do love. I used to have a professor who would put it this way. It's not enough to be right if you're not redemptive. How many Christians today love to be right, but they fail to be redemptive? This is the question today's gospel reading from Matthew 20 invites us to wrestle with. Does your sense of justice, your sense of fairness hinder you from loving others? from doing good and showing mercy? And if so, how might your sense of justice need to be changed? How might we need to relate to each other so that our justice never gets in the way of our love? So let's take a closer look at this parable that Jesus tells. The kingdom of God is like a landowner, he says. A landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And as we heard read, this, this owner makes a fair arrangement with the first workers that he finds. He agrees to pay them, our text says, quote, the usual daily wage. Literally, behind that phrase is the word denarius. 
Now, a denarius was a small silver Roman coin that was the standard pay for a day of work, which would place day laborers among the very poor. Because a denarius a day would barely be enough for one person to live on. It it might be fair to compare this somewhat to someone today trying to keep their, their head above water on minimum wage. Well, the story continues as... Throughout the day, the landowner hires additional workers and promises to pay them, not a denarius, the text says, but, quote, whatever is right. That's important to note. Now, remember that this is a 12-hour work day, sun up to sun down. The first workers were hired at 6 a.m. Then the landowner goes out and hires workers at 9 o'clock, at 12 noon, at 3 and even at 5 o'clock in the afternoon with only one hour left in the workday. And as was the custom, when the sun finally goes down, it's time to cut checks and pay the workers. And surprise, surprise, those hired at 5 o'clock, those who put in only one hour of work, and at the best time of the day, mind you, when the air is cool and the glow of the evening makes everything feel at peace, they receive a denarius, a day's worth of wages. Well, naturally, when the ones who actually put in a full day's worth of work see this, those who sweated it out in the scorching heat during the worst part of the day, well, verse 10 tells us that that they thought that they would receive more. They assumed, based on good math, that their paycheck would be higher. I mean, it's only fair, right? And yet, when they stick out their hands at the end of the day, they are shocked to receive the same. One denarius. And so they cry foul. This isn't right. We've been mistreated. That jerk of a landowner has wronged us. He has overlooked our hard work. But as we read the rest of the parable, we learn that nothing could be further from the truth. The landowner has remained true to their original arrangement. The only, quote-unquote, crime that has been committed is that he goes beyond the confines of justice and gives to the poor just enough for them to survive on. You see what's going on here. These workers, their sense of fairness, their sense of justice, it keeps them from seeing the needs of their fellow workers. Because those who work less should be paid less, right? No one should be given an advantage, not even the poor. They don't deserve it. It wouldn't be right. But the landowner isn't going to allow their sense of justice to to hinder him from showing mercy and love. For if he doesn't give a denarius to those workers who were hired late in the day, they won't have enough to live on, to feed their families. No, fairness is not the way forward here. Love is. You see, this parable teaches us that appeals to justice that fail to take into account the good of one's neighbor is not the kind of justice God is interested in. God is interested in a justice that always does love. Those verses from the Old Testament mentioned earlier that we are quick to quote, you know, about doing justice and breaking the bonds of injustice. Go back to their original context 
And you'll discover that God's concern there is all about caring for the good of one's neighbor, particularly the marginalized, the poor, the forgotten. Let's hear that passage from Isaiah once again, but this time with more of its context. Is is this not the fast that I choose, says the Lord, to loose the bonds of injustice, to let the oppressed go free? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? Yes, this is the kind of justice God is interested in. And oh, how silly and selfish it would be to respond to these words by saying, but but God, it's not fair. I worked harder than they do. I'm more educated. Besides, they've got themselves into this mess. Justice demands that I get what I deserve and they get what they deserve. And if they can't lift themselves up by their own bootstraps, that's on them. I wonder, is this the kind of justice we want from God? Do we really want to get what we deserve, or would we prefer a God who goes beyond the confines of justice to lavish us with a kindness and grace that lifts us up when we need it most? Remember that time when the scribes and the Pharisees throw a woman at the feet of Jesus, a woman caught in adultery? And they demand that justice be done. And guess what? They've got the law on their side. The law of Moses commands us to stone this woman. So teacher, what do you say? Are you for justice? But it's not enough to be right if you're not redemptive. If justice hinders love, it's not God's kind of justice. And so... Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her, Jesus says. In other words, all of us need mercy and grace before we need justice. You see, with our parable today, Jesus is urging his followers to be more concerned about the needs of others than with our own sense of fairness. Because guess what? The world is not fair. Things do not go our way. And yes, we can cry foul all we want, but that's not where God wants our focus to be. He wants our focus to be instead on loving our neighbor as ourselves, even at the expense of fairness. Let me ask you, are you more interested in being treated fairly or in showing mercy to those who don't deserve it? Do you care more about getting the recognition you deserve at work or about putting someone forward for the promotion, perhaps someone who needs it more than you? Do you fret more about losing your own privileges and rights or about making sure the least of these are cared for? Sadly, Christians today are known more for crying foul about perceived threats to themselves from the culture than they are for crying foul about how the marginalized and oppressed are treated. My friends, this is not a sign of the kingdom when we do this. Remember that this whole parable began with Jesus saying, the kingdom of heaven is like this. 
And then it ends with him reminding his disciples that the last will be first and the first will be last. You see, we are a part of a kingdom movement that isn't fair, right? Praise the Lord. It isn't fair because it's all about grace. It's a kingdom movement that is meant to to be full of dramatic reversals where the last shall be first, the least shall be the greatest, the lost shall be found, and the little ones lifted up. How dare we then cry foul when these things actually take place? How dare we say, but but that's not fair. I was here first. I'm more accomplished. I, I grew up in the church, and now I'm the one being overlooked? No. We should instead take our cues from the early church, from this marginalized group of believers who lived under constant threat and persecution and exclusion. And instead of crying foul, listen to what they did. This is from Acts chapter 4. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. Gee, that's not fair. (laughs) But listen to what's next. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold, they, they laid it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to each as any had need. What is this? Is this justice? Is this fairness? No. This is love thy neighbor as thyself. This is showing mercy and grace. This is a glorious taste of the kingdom of God. My friends, I'm not exactly sure what this is meant to look like for us today living in first century modern America. But in the least, we must strive not to allow our sense of justice, our sense of fairness to hinder love of neighbor. If a fly were on the wall of this church here at All Saints, what would it hear? My prayer is that it would never hear us cry foul when the least of these is made the greatest, when the last is made first. And so let us always be ready to set our sense of fairness aside for the good of another. Let not justice hinder love. Heavenly Father, we we give you thanks and praise that you have treated us not as justice demands, but out of a wellspring of love and kindness for a group of people who don't deserve it. Thank you for that, Lord. And may that reality that we know and that we live in, may that extend from our lives to those who need it most. And may our sense of fairness never get in the way of our calling to show mercy and grace to those who need it most. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.